All right, welcome back again today, ladies and gentlemen. Today is the 1st of June, so a brand new month of craziness. And it's it's just bizarre to me. Every conversation I have and just speaking to people in the, in the real world, as we say, about all of these things that just keep occurring on a day-to-day basis. And I think because we're living on it, you know, through it day to day on a, you know, every single day we're seeing new things, it's not quite as impactful as if say, imagine you'd just woken up from a coma or you'd been asleep for two or three years and you were to see everything that would has gone on over the last two years. You would just think, put me back to sleep, basically. It's that crazy. And talking of crazy, Tomorrow, you do not want to miss that video. It is the video I said I wasn't going to make, but you know, I've thought about it and I've looked up all the different rules on YouTube and things like that so that I can actually make the video tomorrow. What is it? I've watched through hours worth of the WEF's conference, it's Davos Annual Meeting 2022. And I mean hours and hours of all of these interviews and meetings and speeches. And I've just grabbed one in particular that I think is really poignant right now. I think you're going to really want to watch this video. I've cut it down from just over an hour to about seven or eight minutes of all the most key points that they're talking about, which was all conspiracy theories a couple of years. I mean, even six months ago, some of the things I was saying were happening. We were told, no, 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 absolutely not. Uh, In particular, around energy, around this deliberate destruction of energy. I'm going to prove that to you with tomorrow's video. So you definitely want to watch that. And then finally, just before we jump into today's video, which is all around this continuing destruction of the food supply, I just want to take you to the shared screen a moment. So if you haven't joined the private community yet, this is what it is. It's over on Patreon. The link is below in the description. And we have all sorts of tiers from uh, a forum right through to all of my posts, monthly videos, uh, investment style videos, um, right up to quarterly masterminds where we can all talk together on calls and a coaching program where we meet twice a month. So just a quick little pitch there. But let's get into today's content then. One thing I didn't mention yesterday on the video about all the energy rationing and shortages that are supposedly coming to the UK was this statement here. Contingency measures would mean power being turned off on weekdays between 7 a.m. and 10 a.m. and between 4 and 9 p.m. This is peak times, ladies and gentlemen, just so you're aware of that. These are peak times that they're going to be turning off the electricity at the end of the year or early uh, January 2023 if you live in the United Kingdom. But they are saying gas supplies won't be affected at this stage. Now, the other thing I didn't have time to talk about yesterday was this German inflation hits a 60-year high. I mean, this is just running out of control now. You can see, I'm not going to go through all of this, but you can see on this graph how it is running out of control. And they think, the ECB thinks they're going to handle this and bring it back down. I don't think so. Where was Germany getting all their energy from? Russia. Now they're not going to be getting their energy from Russia. How on earth are they going to bring this inflation level down, which is based on energy? I don't see it coming down the way they think it's going to. Back to their 2% target and all that. I don't see that for a long time. But here we go then. Today's news. Budget pasta prices jump 50% as food staples rise. Now, do you remember the coverage I did on wheat 
Uh, it was only not long ago, just within the last two or three months, and I said, wheat, we're going to have this major issue with wheat. And finally, it is now here and prices are going up 50%. That is huge. The prices of some budget food items have risen by more than 15, so 1-5%, according to new data, with pasta showing the steepest jump over a year. The lowest cost version of pasta rose by 50%, 5-0% in the year to April, said the Office for National Statistics, that's the ONS of the United Kingdom. Household staples such as minced beef, bread and rice also recorded large increases. But the average price rise of 30 budget food items at supermarkets was 6.7% below the rate of inflation. Yeah, forget about this last part here, below the rate of inflation, and just look at it as what it is, because they try and do all this word weaving. Inflation is 6.7% on these 30 budget food items. I think it's a lot higher than that personally, but that is what they're saying. Um, Minced beef showed the biggest rise up 32p for 500 grams to £2.34. It was followed by chicken breast, which rose by 28p to £3.50 for 600 grams. Yes, and we know why beef and chicken breast or chickens in general and eggs are going up so much. The price of chicken, the UK's most popular meat, has risen sharply due to a number of factors, including to an analyst by the BBC, mm, this is going to be accurate then, higher feed costs and soaring transport prices have contributed to the increase. Yeah, nothing to do with the destruction of millions of animals. No, 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 nothing to do with that at all. It's all the higher feed costs and transport prices. But, but that statement is partially correct. Those two things have contributed, that is correct, but they've missed off the, the, the biggest one here. So changing cost of lowest price goods, Pasta, 50%. Crisps, um, I mean, I don't eat crisps anyway, but 17%. Bread, 16%. I make my own bread. Minced beef, 16%. Rice, 15%. And then what has gone down? Well, pretty unhealthy stuff here. Chips and uh, pizza. Oh, big, big, big loss. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cry about that tonight because I eat a lot of this stuff. Not Cheese down 7%. In fairness, I do eat a fair bit of, uh, of cheese. I do like my cheese. And potatoes down 14%. Okay, next story then. Severe water shortages strain the wheat harvest in Iraq. Now, why is this important? Well, we keep talking about wheat. Wheat is constantly under attack at the moment and is getting destroyed globally. Iraqi farmers say they are paying the price for a government decision to irrigate only 50% of agricultural lands due to low water levels. It is the same story all around the world, government decisions. Uh, Baghdad. So this farmer picked up some wheat and he noticed they were several grams lighter than he hoped, probably due to the shortage of water. So he planted most of his 10 acres of land, but he was only able to irrigate a quarter of it, so 25%. After the agriculture ministry introduced strict water quotas during the growing season, he said, the produce he was growing on the rest of it, he fears, will die without water. The government took the step in the face of severe water shortages arising from high temperatures and drought. Again, same pattern we're seeing all around the world at the moment, high temperatures, drought or flooding in areas where we wouldn't normally see these events. Believed to be, okay, so it's not confirmed, believed to be fueled by 
climate change and ongoing water extraction by neighboring countries from the Tigris and Euphrates rivers. All those factors have heavily strained wheat production. So let's see then, in 2021, Chalab produced 30,000 tons of wheat. The year before that, 32,000 tons of wheat. But this year he expects no more than 10,000. So that is a 66% drop in production of wheat. That is huge, 66% drop. But wheat is a key strategic crop in Iraq, accounting for 70% of total cereal production in the country. Planting starts in October and the harvest typically begins in April and extends to June, which is now this month in some areas. Last year, the agriculture ministry slashed subsidies. Again, we're seeing this pattern everywhere around the world at the moment for fertilizers, seeds, and pesticides. Now this was last year before uh, Russia and Ukraine situation. It's a statement here, a move that has angered farmers in Iraq. Local demand for the staple is between five to six million tons a year. Okay, so let's put this into context. But local production is shrinking with each passing year. In 2021, Iraq produced 4.2 million tons of wheat, according to the Agriculture Ministry. In 2020, it was 6.2 million tons. So already, if they need 5 to 6 million tons, and they're only producing, let's say, 3 million tons as a guest this year, they could have as much as a 50% shortfall. What does that mean? Well, already, actually, I didn't read this, but we might get 2.5 million tons at best, so even lower than what I just said there. It means they're going to have to import the rest. Where are they going to import it from? How are they going to afford it uh, is the bigger question here. I'm not really sure if they will. Maybe they can do some sort of a deal or a swap on oil for wheat. Uh, that might be on the cards. And just to put this into context a little better here, this is the Tigris or the Euphrates River. And if you look at this map as we're zooming out, as we go here, you can see where this is coming from, where the water is actually flowing from. It is this region. I think it's a lot more likely that Turkey or Syria or Iran are using a lot more of the water for themselves for irrigation and farming. And that is why less of it is going into Iraq. Moving over to Egypt then, or back to Egypt, we talked about this article from back in March. So Egypt actually banned wheat and other exports as well. So wheat, flour, lentils, wheat and pasta. Egypt's move adds to the wave of food protectionism. So you're going to hear this word a lot more, protectionism, worldwide risking further tumult for global crop trade. Moldova, Serbia and Hungary have all banned exports of some grains. Now this is interesting because who are the countries who are currently importing oil from Russia? Serbia and Hungary as well as other energy. I don't know about Moldova, I haven't done the research on that country, but these are two of the countries who said they will not join in with EU sanctions. So isn't that interesting? Maybe these countries know something that the rest of us don't know if they are also not exporting grains. I think it's highly likely. Over to the UK then. Here's a survey from Farming UK. Half of growers have reduced output due to labor shortages. The ALP, which is the Association of Labor Providers, 
has called on the government to take urgent action to fix the UK labour shortages. The May 2022 Food Labour Market Survey found that 49% of growers and food manufacturers have cut down on their output due to a lack of workforce. This is almost 50% cutback on output. This is severe. Just, <laughs> right, anyone who thinks a lot of this is not true or that I'm trying to scare people, just look at the numbers for yourself. The numbers will not lie to you. If we're seeing a 50% decrease in output, this is going to hit food supply along with all the other countries who are reducing their food supply. And over three quarters, so 77% of these businesses are experiencing shortages of lower and unskilled workers with 45% stating that these shortages are chronic. So 40, almost 50% again saying they are chronic. Whilst we welcome the ambition of the minister with 1.26 million people unemployed and 1.3 million job vacancies, there are simply not enough workers for essential sectors like ours. I would agree with that entirely. The British Retail Consortium has also warned that if labour shortages were not resolved soon, we will start to see production being lost from the UK and being offshored and then imported back into the UK. And, and that is a real concern because if everything is offshored, we won't have much independence. We won't be self-sufficient as a nation, which is what I think as a nation, we all need to go back towards self-sufficiency and importing these goods back could cost more. Now, yes, they could cost less in terms of the globalization uh, that we have now, global market, but it's not always the case. It's always better to be self-sufficient. It added that these labor shortages threaten to shrink the sector permanently with a chain reaction of wage rises, again, correct, and price increases, reducing competitiveness, leading to food production being exported abroad and increased imports. And again, this is a real concern because look at the countries around the world right now who have relied on this. Oh, we'll export X or Y or Z and we'll just import all of our food. It is not going down very well. We're seeing now food shortages and we're seeing famine in other nations. The committee's MPs recognize a need, at least in the short term, to increase the overall supply of labor through revised immigration measures to address the current crisis. So what is their five-point plan? A national plan to attract domestic resident workers to the UK food in industry, immediate release of this season's 10,000 agreed seasonal worker visas. Again, why have they not released these 10,000 visas? That is a bit suspicious if you ask me. And then um, what else do we have? I've highlighted this one in pink. Extend the seasonal worker route to other key sectors such as meat and poultry processing. Obviously, why would you not extend it to the meat and poultry processing sectors? I think it's pretty obvious along with all the other stuff we talked about with meat and poultry. Also, match skilled worker visa language requirements with those needed for the job. Improve the processing speed of all worker visa routes. I mean, this is obvious. We talked about this more than a year ago. And I went through all the government policies and we talked about all the different things they needed to do. And they still haven't done any of it, even though it was critical a year ago. And then another article then, rising farming costs could see fields left unplanted, experts warn. A perfect storm of rising prices and a reduction in the 
BPS, which is the basic payment scheme for farmers, is forcing many farmers to re-examine how they operate. Over the past 12 months, fertilizer prices have shot up from 250 to 300 a ton to nearly 1,000 pounds per ton, coinciding with a 20% reduction in England. Hmm, isn't that interesting that they correlate in that way? These factors are causing a real financial risk for farms, particularly smaller ones. July, which is just a month away, may I add, is the month that many farmers look at buying their fertilizer for the next 12 months. So it will be a big decision time for many who are considering whether or not it's worth planting their fields next year. Can you imagine that if a lot of these farmers just decided not to plant next year? You know, I'll wait a year. Let me see if these fertilizer prices come down. Let me just give it a year. But I just want to show you this last line here then. Meanwhile, reductions in subsidies are also ongoing and will continue until 2027. The NFU, which is the National Farmers Union, has urged the government to delay the move. I mean, you've got to think about this. Does that make any sense whatsoever that they would be removing subsidies up to 2027? It makes no sense. And then over to the USA, the USDA raises 2022 food inflation forecast again, highest grocery food price hikes in 42 years. USDA raised its estimated range of 6.5 to 7.5% year on year, increase from a range of just 5 to 6%. Biggest increase is eggs for the second month in a row, hiked to a 19.5 to 20.5% range. I mean, this is insane. And we know why this is happening because of the destruction of poultry. And look, just two months ago, they had egg inflation at 2.5 to 3.5% year on year. Other categories with big increases, again, what is this? Meat, so pork, poultry, and then we have fats and oils. I personally don't think any of this is a, a coincidence what we're seeing. This is just an ongoing destruction of our food supply network right from the farms to the pesticides and everything needed to grow the crops all the way through to the supply chain and the, the diesel fuel that's needed for harvesting and transport the workers. And then we have, of course, the destruction of your purchasing power through whatever currency you have, the, the destruction of, of your power of what you can buy through all this inflation. It is just an ongoing onslaught. So make sure to watch my food preparation uh, playlist on the channel here. It will help you a lot and, and teach you a lot of things that I would suggest and recommend you do in order to beat the food uh, shortages and issues and inflation that we're going to be seeing as we go through the year and into 2023. All right, thanks for watching today. Just a reminder, if you would like to head over to the Patreon. I'll drop the link below. Why not give it a try for a month? See what you think of it. There are hours and hours and hours of video content. And if you were to join even the top tier there, the coaching, there's probably more than 100 hours worth of uh, video content. So, all right, thanks for watching today. Take care. God bless. I'll see you next time.